You finished Clone Wars, buddy? Yeah. You doing okay? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Do you want to talk about Empire Strikes Back? Okay. Welcome to Movie Reel, everyone. I am Samantha Tomlinson. I'm Kevin Tracy. And we're continuing Star Wars Month with Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. So, yeah, which is everyone's favorite, it seems to be. Yeah, this one's kind of just been credited as, like, the best of the best in terms of the Star Wars movies. And I feel like I have to agree with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, But, uh, Sam... uh, do you want to add to what were was so special about this particular episode? So for today, I thought I would bring in my good friend who not only loves Empire Strikes Back, it's definitely her favorite one, but she's a diehard Princess Leia fan. Everyone, it is Haley Durant. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so what, what makes Empire Strikes Back like your, your favorite out of all the Star Wars movies? Um, well, my favorite character of all time is definitely Han Solo with a very close second as Princess Leia and I feel like this is really their movie to shine it's where we get to know each of them and their personalities a little more and their role in the Star Wars universe agreed and it's just the most I mean iconic yeah no I I can 100% agree with that that this is like a Han Solo and Princess Leia movie Although it, there were a, a couple scenes with uh, Princess Leia and Luke in this movie. One of them is a deleted scene, but the fact that that scene was even filmed kind of brings into question of if George Lucas even had uh, them had it planned that those two were siblings uh, and just kind of changed it at the last minute for Return of the Jedi because there were two scenes in particular where it's like, these two seem kind of into each other, like way more than just friends. I didn't mean to ask about that because Mark Hamill posted something on Instagram and it was like pictures of Luke and Le- Luke and Leia. And there was this one picture of them and it looked like they were about to kiss or something. And I'm like, I do not remember this. So I guess it was a deleted scene. And I've been wondering, like, when did they make that decision that they were siblings? Definitely not in the first one because it definitely, it teases it a little bit that, there's going to be a love triangle between it, it them. It really wasn't fleshed out. Like it's kind of hinted that there's, well, I mean, it's not even hinted. It, they, they straight up tell us near the end of this movie when I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead in this movie, but when Luke leaves to uh, rescue Han, Leia and Chewie and like the, the whole gang from Vader, um, Obi-Wan Yoda is like, he, that boy is our last hopes. Like, no, there is another Skywalker. They, they hint that, there's there's someone else besides luke they don't specifically say that it's like a sibling or like it could be like his yeah. father or something like that they, they never specify what they mean by that um the only time we ever really get any indication that he has a uh a sister yeah. that Leia is specifically a sister i think is in return of the jedi when they just straight up like oh by the way you're my sister it's like i've always known this is like all right, that makes Hoth a little creepier now. But that's interesting, though, because if Luke hadn't done what he did and it kept yeah. he kept going, then Darth Vader wouldn't have done what he did at the end of Return of the Jedi. 
I was been watching a lot of like Mark Hamill interviews prepping for this because I was looking for when he said he found out about about Darth Vader being Luke's father and whatnot. And he was saying how like the first movie, he's like, nobody cared. Everybody, all my friends read the script. And we were all like, oh, this is ridiculous. This whole thing is so weird. And then for the second one, it was like under lockdown that no one was allowed to know <laughs> yeah, anything. No, one of my favorite things on YouTube is just seeing uh, videos of like kids or, or, or people who have never seen Star Wars see the iconic I am your father scene. And they just are like what dad is that true like that's really his dad and they're just their minds are completely blown by that scene and it's such an iconic scene i just love watching people's just genuine reactions because that's the closest we'll really ever get to seeing like how like the general audience saw that back in 1980 when this first came out of that huge revelation that's like the bad guy was the bad guy I was going to wait, but uh, so Mark Hamill, he's, he's, I've seen him talk about this in a couple of interviews. He said that they were, they were shooting and at the original in the, in the script, it said <laughs> like when Darth Vader reveals it was Obi-Wan killed your father. And he was like, what, what a twist. That's so crazy. And yeah. then Irving Kirshner came up to him, the director, Irving Kirshner came up to him and said, I know this, George Lucas knows this. And we're going to, we're going to tell you, so you'll know it. And if it leaks, we know it was you that said something. And then he gave him the new, the new, a new page that said, no, I am your father. And he's like, what? Like, and then he said, though, that while they were shooting, they leaked, someone leaked that Obi-Wan was the bad guy. And he was like, so excited because, oh, they leaked the wrong information. It's not going to get out now. And then I think we've all, during the premiere, he said Harrison Ford turned around and said to him hey kid you didn't fucking tell me that (laughs) (laughs) classic harrison because i I heard a different story kind of along the same lines is that they they literally didn't tell him that vader was his father until like right before they filmed that scene so his his reaction is as genuine as he he can get because he literally didn't find this information out until like two minutes before they rolled action (laughs) but also i mean but now that i think so the there was the actor that played Darth Vader, and then yeah, there the, was James Earl Jones. Yeah, the the actor and, who played Vader was um oh I just saw it <laughs> it was uh David Prowse. But I'm guessing James Earl Jones then probably didn't record until later, right? Do you know what I mean? So like I because I've been thinking well James Earl Jones I guess has to know and it's like oh well he probably didn't know till way later in the process when he was doing his voiceover yeah that's a good point now that i'm like oh okay um (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's jump back to the uh the beginning of this movie so yeah this movie takes place oh god it was like i want to say like four years after the events of uh a new hope it's like it's it's a couple years since um episode four and um yeah, the the Rebel Alliance is kind of like you, you get to see like their full strength. They're at full force, and the Empire's uh, slowly trying to like figure out where they're at. And I just really like the the visuals of like the Hoth base because you get to see like how disorganized yet formidable like the rebellion is, especially when they get attacked. You get to see 
the rebels on the front lines and see how well they're able to fight the empire. That was really something that we never really get to see in a new hope aside from the, um, the, the death star. Yeah. Yeah. The death star battle. Um, but even then that was just like, all right, these are like the few ships and pilots that we have. But in this one, it's like, all right, we're giving everyone a gun hop in the trenches. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna do what we can to repel these guys. And I, I just really liked that because it's like, Oh, so this is what a Star War looks like. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you've been wondering prior to prior to the movie, this answered all your questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this movie it came out June twentieth, nineteen eighty. It was directed, like you said, by Irvin Kirshner and written by V. Brackett and Lawrence Kasten, and and George Lucas is still credited for the story. And I think, as we already said, this seems to be, I feel like universally, this seems to be everyone's favorite. Yeah. I think between the, out of the three, it's definitely the best one. But it seems like it's everyone's favorite. And it was on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 94%. And audiences gave it a 97. Which is, I mean, that's that's an insanely high, mind-blowing score at any any year, any time, in any movie. Yeah, no, the, the, this movie is just, like, leaves and bounds in terms of scoring, in terms of, like, critics and audience alike. Like, critics absolutely loved this movie, especially back then, especially when you compare it to the the first one that came out. Because the first one, as we said um, last week, that one was a very, almost by the numbers, sword and sorcery type movie just set in space. And this one takes it into a completely different direction while still sticking to the same story, which I absolutely love. Don't you guys love it when critics and audiences love a movie? Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem to happen that often anymore, but yeah, it, it when it does, it's it's for a good cause. Um, so this one, when it was nominated for three Oscars, it won one, Best Sound, and it also received a special achievement for visual effects. And I think John Williams, I think it was for this and for New Hope. Uh, I'm not sure about Return to Jedi, but probably he won a Grammy for the music. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can believe that because this is when we like, I mean, I think we hear it a couple times in a New Hope, but this is the one where we hear like, like right off the bat, the Imperial March, like the, the Vader's theme when they the Imperial fleet just arrived to Hoth, just the dun, 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 just that like foreboding. It's it's just crazy to me. This is the first time we hear Imperial March. It makes sense because we don't really know Darth Vader that well yet. So it doesn't really make sense. It wasn't, it didn't call for it in the first one, (laughs) but it's such a popular and well-known theme. It's just kind of a little mind blowing that it's not even, it, we don't hear it until the second one. I wish I would have had the like experience of hearing that for the first time. I mean, at some point I had to have, but like I feel like I've been watching Star Wars since I was an infant, so I don't remember like actually hearing it. But it's so iconic. Like obviously you're not rooting for them, but something about that Imperial March, you're like it's badass. Like it is yeah. badass. Yeah, you're pumped. Like that. That's like all right. I can. That's this is a war cry. I can get behind this. <laughs> Who are we fighting? <laughs> um, yeah, the war cry. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like all right. It's like I'm ready to. I'm ready to march in with this this <laughs> theme song. <laughs> this is this is a banger. <laughs> so we start this movie with rolling credits. You know, as per usual, and. 
So essentially, Darth Vader is completely obsessed with finding Luke Skywalker. And because of that, he's chasing the rebels across the galaxy. And so they're hiding out on Hoth, which was Norway. Yes. And, (laughs) And an Imperial probe lands on the planet. And just as... So Luke Skywalker, he's just finished his rounds and he sees something land in the snow and he lets his friend Han Solo know, hey, I'm going to go check this out before heading back inside and he gets attacked by a Wampa. Wampa. Yeah, he gets attacked by essentially an abominable snowman. Um, it, it attacks him and then it kills his Tauntaun with his like steed um and drags him off to his cave <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah that's his steed he, he, it's, it it's, is, it's, it yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's like a mounted um it, it looks like a mix between like a kangaroo and a goat i feel like that's the best way to kind of describe yeah, what a like tauntaun looks camel. like like it, it's and it with like the face of the monster never ending story oh um you mean not monster falcor Yes, yeah. Thank yeah, the, you. the 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 luck dragon. Yeah. God, I haven't seen that movie in a while. We should do that at some point. That's what luck dragons are for. <laughs> but yeah, the the Wampa like drags Luke off and, and kills his Tauntaun, drags that off too. And Han and Chewie is like are just trying to repair the Millennium Falcon, just pretty much just saying it's like, Hey, we need to get out of here. Like there's a there's a huge bounty on my head, especially after we ran into that that bounty hunter. It's like Jabba Jabba really wants me right now. So I was thinking, why doesn't he? I get why he doesn't say, "Hey, maybe I'll come back," because you know you don't want to give false hope. But like I just kind of think, you know, he could come back if if it all goes really well and according to plan, if he pays it off, he could just be like, "Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be right back." Or is it because? He has no idea if he'll find them again. I, I think it's there. There's a couple things why he he's not saying that he'll he'll come back. Because one, Jabba, like if, if he's gone this long without paying his debt, then he, he basically has a death sentence on him. And Jabba, like the Hut cartels, control uh, at this point in time. Um, they control like most of the Outer Rim territory. So like Tatooine. Ryloth, like uh, various planets like that, maybe not Ryloth, but um, a lot of like the more like scavenger type planets that aren't in like direct control of the Empire, um, they just have like complete control over that and run a huge criminal syndicate. So he basically has like an army of like bounty hunters at his disposal. So if he wants someone dead, they're going to die, and he has a huge bounty on uh, Han Solo that we later find out that the Empire kind of doubles so they can definitely catch them. So yeah, I, I think he, he's not saying that he's going to come back because he doesn't know if he's going to come back because Jabba isn't really a forgiving type of person. So at this part, this is when... So Han is kind of saying bye to Leia and, he, and she's kind of being very... Like... Okay, cool. Like, yeah, bye. And then he's just, he just wants her to admit that she cares about him. And she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to admit that he's gotten under her skin. And so then she kind of chases after him. And it's this whole, this whole thing I found super interesting. Cause I'm, I've been thinking about this the last couple of times I've been watching. So the writing style of Star Wars is very different because they so if this was any other movie 
we would be seeing the progression between like their relationship had to develop between then blowing up the Death Star and Hoth, you know, where we first meet them in the beginning of this movie. And I mean, there's been obviously enough time that's passed that as an audience, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. They're spending a lot of time together. But I just realized that was interesting because any other movie, we would see the full progression, not just like the progression of because this is this is them being together is on the table. Oh, like, yeah, that's abso- like, absolutely. You know what I mean? If, if this was any other movie, it wouldn't be on the table yet. At, at this point in time, like they're they're bickering like a like a married couple and it's especially funny because very rom com yeah like they're literally like having like a borderline like shouting match in the middle of like this hallway and like there are soldiers and like rebel personnel just like walking like right in between them and just like they're just like oh geez mom and dad are fighting again <laughs> yeah, yeah no one seems at all like looking over their shoulder they're just like yep that's my, that's my favorite is the soldier that walks like right in between them i'm like okay you you really don't give it <laughs> he, he really doesn't it's like it's just like you're tearing this family apart mom and dad so yeah i this is a but it's a nice little like a good starting point of of their relationship because like we said there was some like light indication in the last one that there was going to be a love triangle which i'm really glad they didn't do because that would have been completely unnecessary yeah and mm-hmm. stupid and it doesn't wouldn't I mean, aside from Luke and Leia being siblings, it that it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. Later when she says to Han, No, I, I like nice men. And really I mean it's just no, I'm not supposed to like somebody like you. I'm supposed to like nice men. Like Luke would probably be the ideal guy she would end up with, but Yeah. No. Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. She 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 likes bad boys, apparently. <laughs> But yeah, uh, as they um, are, are bickering, they realize that like, hey, Luke hasn't checked in in a while. And they're asking around to uh, like the various deck sergeant, like the deck officers, like, hey, is, is uh, Luke checked in? It's like, no, we haven't seen him in a while. And they're looking around and Han finally decides that, all right, I'm going to hop on a tauntaun and I'm going to look for my friend. And all the rebel soldiers are like no if you go out there you're gonna freeze to death like we're, we're gonna be hit by a storm pretty soon we're gonna have to close the doors and if you're out there then you you two are gonna freeze to death then it's like well then i'll see you in hell and and that we talked about this last time how yeah. he was so willing to abandon the rebellion and he just wanted the money and to be fair he didn't want to put in the effort of saving leia he didn't know her but like now he's he's risking his own life to go out and save his friend that he obviously cares a lot about next to Chewie. Like it's, it's a nice character progression. For yeah. Him. And he takes the taunt. He also, it's a death sentence for us. Tauntaun. They're like, your Tauntaun's going to die. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And then just, <laughs> just go. It's like, well, uh, yeah, but it, it's him saying it's like what he's saying to like the, the rebel officer who is like basically telling him like, you go out there at suicide and Han responds, but the, well, then I'll see you in hell. That, that brings up an ethical question of, do they believe in hell? Is it is like Christianity That's a religion? A line? Yeah, he says, I'll see you in hell. And it's like, so wait, hell exists here? So does that mean Christianity's a thing here? Or is just hell just a universal term in that in that universe? Because in, in, ter- it, yeah, it, in, in, in terms in, of like the religions in Star Wars, Christianity is never mentioned. There's Jedi, there's Sith, there's like 
the dark magic on like Dathomir, and I think the Ewoks have like a form of magic as well. Um, I'm pretty sure I heard the battle droids in Clone Wars say, "Oh my god." like at least a couple of times yeah well like I, it seems to be just kind of yeah it's never stated but it's yeah. it, they kind of dance around it yeah like I, I know that in in clone wars they they do say like oh what the hell was that and this is in response to like a giant eel eating one of his brothers like right in front of him just like what the hell was that and it's like and this is in like the first season of a kid show this is a predominantly kid show and they're saying what the hell is that? Oh yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's never really brought up, and no one really seems to bat an eye. It's like, what's hell? <laughs> they they never really specify in terms of is there like a religion that is like kind of like a like a unifying religion that everyone kind of like follows because it seems like each planet and each species, each civilization has like their own widely different like cultural belief systems uh democratic or just completely different like leadership like they have kings they have monarchies they have they have councils no two planets seem to be ruled or controlled in the same way so i just think it's funny that like hell i mean a lot of these planets are treated kind of like states or countries almost for the most part yeah i mean mean, they do have senators representing them in a unifying senate but it it is kind of funny that or they did well yeah they did uh they don't anymore (laughs) because the empire disbanded that It, it it was just kind of funny that it's like wait this religious word like this religious meat word with like very large religious implications everyone seems to unanimously understand as an insult or something that should not be taken lightly is like, Oh, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> I, I just, I always thought that was kind of funny and it is it, kind of bothered me ever since that it's like, wait, I've never thought about this. Yeah. I, I, I've thought about this way too much. Apparently <laughs> Haley, your thoughts on hell in star yeah. Wars. <laughs> well, your the- are clearly a Jewish family. <laughs> The word, I get you on, like, the word itself, because it's, like, or, like, even when they say, Sam, as you were saying, oh, my God. Um, I definitely think the stars has, like, an underlying spirituality theme, but that's its own, like, the, like for instance, the Force. So that's its own dialogue as opposed to, like, a real-life dialogue of hell. So I, I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, no, it, it, it just, it, I always thought it was just kind of funny that, like, I'm sure it was meant to just be, like, a simple, like, throwaway line of dialogue, just, yeah, but the, the weight to what he said has way more implications that I'm sure that any of the writers or the directors or even George Lucas even realized until after it was said. <laughs> yeah, I think the OG trilogy has a lot of the writing problems, like, we're, watching it in preparation of this and I didn't even realize it that's again like I didn't even realize the whole thing until you brought it up but I'm jumping ahead here but later on Lando he doesn't say Han Solo he says Han and I don't know I didn't even realize it but Patrick my boyfriend's all Han did he really just say Han yes yes there was an entire once they reach the cloud city it's like they just stop calling him Han and they all start calling him Han it's like it's, it's yeah. like how in uh, <laughs> New Hope Leia starts speaking with an English accent for like one scene and then it just goes away forever. This is that. 
they all start calling him Han. Even Leia's calling him Han. And I'm like, Lando hasn't seen him in a while. I don't know. That's whatever. But like Leia, (laughs) you don't even know his name. I think that like they have like a few writing errors that they probably didn't think about. (laughs) Yeah, there, there are a couple, like, continuity or, like, consistency errors in, in Star Wars, but I, for the most part, they're kind of swept under the rug, and they, they stick with it, so it, it holds up fairly well. It's just a couple, like, random slip-ups, like the, the Han and Leia randomly speaking British for a conversation. You think, yeah, I think, par- but I think part of it all comes down to, especially because we do have the prequels, we do have the sequels, we have clone, we have all these other extended we have, we have the, the entire yeah the entire extended you, universe <laughs> at, the, at the time these were being made i mean maybe george lucas was thinking about it a little bit but he was more probably focused on these characters or what's happening right now as opposed to the grand scheme of things because yeah if this was made today yeah. that wouldn't fly today all like the internet would just would no. tear it down well I, I also think it was also part of the problem was these movies were made surprisingly like far apart from each other like these movies had like a three-year gap like the first one came out in 77 this one came out in 80 and then the last one came out in 83 and then we had like a 13 year or actually probably longer until we got phantom menace which was in 99 the time gap between movies i feel like was definitely a a factor in the random small inconsistencies yeah exactly mispronouncing yeah mispronouncing names or uh locations or stuff like that because um, I, I even remember in an interview that uh, Billy D. Williams had, he completely butchered 3PO's what name. What did he call him? <laughs> he, he called him like CPO or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's like me and Han and uh, our, the robot uh, CPO. <laughs> I'm, Sam- I'm, I'm Santa now. Just get rid of the <laughs> middle part of my name. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just. At the time, I, I don't think the actors like fully realized how big this movie was, especially until I, I want to say Star Wars didn't get like super big until like a good like few months after um, A New Hope came out, because that's when it hit big. And this one just kind of raised the stakes even further to the point where there's really nowhere to go but up. Like there's there's no way that they can tank this. Like they, they've they've raised the bar like cinematically and storytelling in a way that at the time I feel like hasn't really been seen. Yeah, and so back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after that, oh my god, that one line started this whole that one yeah. word yeah no that, that 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 line has been like bugging me and it's like i need to talk about this with someone there's there's it's a throwaway line but i know that it's like this has meaning now like this has meaning now it needs to this needs to be explored <laughs> so so uh han leaves to go find luke luke is trapped in the wampus cave he's hanging up he's like feet are like that's why are his feet strapped into something or is he just are they just like frozen and the straps are on his boots no it's um i remember i because I, I was curious about this too apparently according to like some like encyclopedia of like the creatures of like star wars wampas are able to essentially like regurgitate a very like uh 
basically like nitro or uh, liquid nitrogen. They they basically just have like this like freeze breath like spit, and they're able to regurgitate that, and he was able to like stick them to the wall with that. It's basically like frozen vomit that he's able to just stick Luke up there and keep him trapped there while he munches on the tauntaun. Oh! Which, by the way, that is a very disturbing scene. You actually see him just, like, going to town eating this tauntaun. <laughs> like, this, this like this thing is, like, covered in blood and, like, like chunks of flesh are, like, dripping out of its, like, fur on its face. So I honestly, I was thinking, so there is, like, the spine of some of like some animal and all the bones like whatever and i was thinking like oh he could use it as a drum set if he wanted to (laughs) i don't know like i don't know maybe i'm thinking like it be prepared or something i think they use bones. yes i was about to say someone's seen lion king way too many times (laughs) (laughs) so luke's frozen he can't get out his lightsaber is on the ground next to him he can't reach for it and uses the force and the Wampa comes over and he cuts off his arm. And I found out he apparently completely hated and disagreed with cutting off the arm. Yeah, he, he felt like that went against his character. He viewed it as like so like a bear, an animal. Like it's not evil, it's just hungry or whatever. And he said he said he thought he was gonna just like singe with his lightsaber, singe its fur a little bit to scare it away. And he thought it was completely out of his character to cut off the arm. Which I never, which is yeah. a very which is an interesting point. I never really thought about that. I kind of just thought of it. I just thought it was like a, you know, it's it's defense, it's escape. He's just trying to do what he can to get out. I didn't really think about. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I it's gotta it's gotta sit. I think I just found out. Yeah, no, th- I I want to say that was like I want to say like last year or two ago for um May the Fourth, just randomly on like a Twitter post or like an Instagram post. Mark Hamill just like said that, yeah, I feel like this is completely against my character. I, I do not agree with this. Um, but I, I also kind of want to backtrack the, the Wampa itself. I feel like well, there are several creatures that we see throughout the Star Wars movies. And I feel like the Wampa is probably one of my favorites in terms of the original trilogy. It's just, it's so menacing. And we only see it for, I think one scene in terms of like, all the the movies and TV shows. This is the only time we ever see it, and by God, they they pick their timing well for this thing because this thing is this thing's terrifying. Just the sound of it eating the wampa, just like the the wet, just like just mm. the the growl. It's it just this thing is terrifying. This thing is nightmare fuel, and I absolutely love so, it. So this scene, Luke escapes. He's running through the snow. And a fun fact, this was actually, they were shooting in Norway, there was a blizzard, and they just shot this scene of him running out of the cave, outside, just outside of their hotel. Which is crazy, because then they're like, <laughs> they're right there. Like, <laughs> their hotel is just right there. <laughs> That'd be fun, like, they're all just, like, peering through and watching. And his head, he's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I'm, like, ten feet from where I'm staying. <laughs> this is when he sees Obi-Wan, and, you know, there's the, is he being delirious? Or is it just the force? Like Obi-Wan saying, go to the Dagobah system and you're going to train to be a Jedi master with Yoda. And this is when Han shows up. But I got to bring this up now. So is it considered a fact or is it just debate that they put in this whole scene, this whole sequence to indicate his new face from his car accident? That's what I've heard because before this movie, he he had a uh, car accident and he had to get, I, I think like- Facial reconstruction. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, a fair bit of that uh, from what I've heard. Um, and when he's attacked by the Wampa, the Wampa like slashes and like punches his face to, to knock him out. I feel like this is the rumor that I heard that this was the reasoning why they did that to make it look like the damage that was done by the car accident and the facial reconstruction was the result of him being attacked by the Wampa. Um, which I feel like that's a good save to explain why Mark Hamill looked so different between the two films. But I mean, um, I feel like the 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 save really is the fact that it's it's not as much because he looks he looks different, but he does kind of look the same. It's mainly his lips and his nose because he broke his nose and his cheek. Yeah, I just keep thinking. I feel like the save really is the fact that he has to remember to use the force to escape. And then he sees Obi-Wan because really he needed just to be told this was a reminder. I'm a Jedi. I want to be a Jedi. So I need to use the force. And but as well as there could have been another way that Obi-Wan, he hears from Obi-Wan, hey, go to the Dagobah system. Because I I'm, but I'm trying to wonder what yeah. would that have even been like? What would. Well, I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a good like indicator for him to show up in his time of need because when Luke is like trying to like use the force to get his lightsaber uh, to escape the Wampa cave, he, he takes some time to like concentrate and like close his eyes and meditate uh, in order to get that. And I feel like that scene was kind of like the catalyst to having Obi like force ghost Obi-Wan like, okay, he's, he's progressing. He hasn't progressed nearly enough and he needs proper training in order for events like this to not happen. So when he's stumbling out of the Wampa Cave in the blizzards, like, all right, I need to tell him where to go. Otherwise, this is going to keep happening to him until he dies. And this guy's our last hope. We, we really need to get this guy trained up. And I gotta say, this is probably, it seems like this is the only time they refer to it as the Dagobah system, or especially in the, I mean, the system. Because they don't say we gotta, we're gonna set course for the Alderaan system, or Luke is from the Tatooine system. They only seem to say they only seem to refer to them as systems in this movie. I mean, I feel like I like system and planet is is kind of interchangeable in the Star Wars universe, but for the most part, they always refer to all the planets as systems. They 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 don't really use planets that much yeah. in terms of it. It's yeah, no, I they're kind of interchangeable, but for the most part, they just stick with the the term system when they're referring to the entire planet. Okay, okay, so. Han, you know, cuts open the tauntaun to keep him warm, and then the next day, I thought they, sm- <laughs> I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the tauntaun very dramatically, hilariously falls over and dies, and he, yeah. and then the rebels find him the next day, and then Luke is put into like a, he's you know wearing his medical space diaper in like a thing of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they they drop him in a, a tank of Bacta, which is basically like um, healing juice <laughs> is is the best way to put it. It's it's basically putting you in like a like a hibernative state to kind of like heal you. I call that a margarita. Uh, like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Bacta is like a very like common first aid like stimulant, especially for. Um, first responders and military personnel. It's literally just like a vial of like a blue 
uh, liquid that just gets injected you into the next. Like, oh man, he got shot. Quick, give him some Bacta, and oh. they just inject that into you. They they just inject that into you, and it's like, all right, that's basically it's basically like their their space penicillin. Is that it's, it's their, their space miracle drug? Is that what like? Because I'm seeing that a bunch in like Clone Wars, someone will be injured, and then they just like inject them with something. They're like, you'll be healed. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, like nine nine times out of ten, whatever they're being injected with is either Bacta or it's some kind of tranquilizer. Okay, okay. And so they're in like, Luke's in like a hospital bed and Han is like, oh, the scar, you know, looks cool and whatever. And, and he says to Leia like, I guess you have to keep me around a little longer. And she's like, I have nothing to do with it. And I'm thinking, what is he, what is he thinking? Was she like, Hey Luke, I'm playing hard to get a little too well with Han. Do you think you can stay out on your rounds just a little bit longer and, you know, keep, keep him. So he won't leave, keep him here for like an extra day. Like I think Han is being cheeky. He is. Oh no, he is. Like he for sure is. No, 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 he's, no, he's fully implying that she hired the Wampa to jump Luke. (laughs) What a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh what a reveal later. Like Yeah. So yeah, he's just The 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 Wampa was her brother in law or something. <laughs> She's in ghost with the Wampa the whole time. <laughs> That's the twist of the movie. And yeah, Han's just being cheeky and he just he says to Luke, like, she admitted her feelings to me and Luke looks kind of bummed out by this. Like, you know, again, not knowing their siblings he looks kind of upset a little bothered by this and just to kind of get him to shut up she goes and kisses luke and then han's just like feel better and then just and then just awkwardly leaves he doesn't even know how to respond to that yeah and, and luke is just like he, he like puts his hands behind his head it's like it's like <laughs> take that han like he, he's like like super smug about it yeah and then that kind of leads into um later on a deleted scene Luke's still in the hospital and Leia like shows up and they're they're flirting like there's like some like tension there and it looks like they're like about to like like kiss again and then 3PO shows up and just like like interrupts them before anything happens but the fact that that scene was shot like there's like a fair amount of like sexual tension (laughs) in that scene uh between like her initially kissing him which is in the movie and then that scene like they they clearly like have feelings for each other that is not like like a uh, like a platonic like friend like a friendly like uh, uh relationship which really like brings into question of like when did George Lucas just suddenly decide to, like make them siblings because it clearly wasn't planned up till this point yeah. that they were siblings yeah that's funny but like like the uh for example in the office I used to, I think this is true. There's a season, a later season, I think it's the last one, where uh, Jim and Pam are having problems, and there was a scene shot of him leaving a hotel room. I guess it was, he, he like, cheated on her. They obviously didn't use it, because they're like, that's not in his character, and he's not, he pined after her for so long, and they had this whole thing of getting together. He wouldn't just be an asshole and cheat on her. So, you know, I, I think, I, I do think that, yeah, the fact that it was shot like you know the flirting was shot that kind of indicates that at least you know in their in their in the directors and the writers heads like maybe something you know there was no indication that they were siblings yet but it's a very good thing that it was deleted because 
that would have been extra weird and harder to explain later. Yeah, seriously. It, it already is kind of weird to explain it, but I mean, but not by that much, but with if they included that scene, it, yeah, that, that that's uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to have to explain that to, like, people who have just seen that, like, why... I th- why are we watching Game of Thrones? Like, <laughs> we do not Space want to watch. I don't want to watch incest again. <laughs> Maybe it had something to do with like the development of Luke becoming a Jedi that they like were like, oh, ooh, yeah, because that won't go anywhere. So maybe, like, I don't know how far George Lucas um, was developing. Like, I don't know. I actually am not familiar with if he wrote the first movie or all three of them together. I know it was like a few years apart. Yeah, they were all three year made three years apart. Yeah, it, it's a weird kind of development that feels like it kind of came out of nowhere, but it, it fits very naturally in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I think, cause I think, I think the, the first movie, he wrote the first one. It was a success. It, was, it you know, it clearly worked. And then I think he was starting to think, I think he was maybe focusing more on Luke and the role of a Jedi and Darth Vader and that storyline a little bit more than anything else. Because that seems very clear. Yeah, That's yeah. very clear. I'm jumping ahead a little, but I, ha- I realized like Yoda, for example, he's very well written. He's, ve- he's a really good, like, concise character to show us what a Jedi is. Mm-hmm. Like there's no conflict. He's just, I don't know how to explain. He's very clear. He's very light. Like there's, uh, there's no yeah. chaos and that's a Jedi. Everything needs to be light and good as opposed to conflict and chaos. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love Yoda as a character. And when, when he's first introduced in this movie, he's like, kind of comes across as like a crazy rambling hermit that is more of a nuisance than a help to to luke's like yoda you seek yoda like he he, he's pretending to not be yoda so luke kind of has to like to kind of test luke's patience to see if he's even worthy of becoming a jedi and i just feel like that's a really good like introduction and it's later revealed that he's just like super wise and ancient jedi master who is like over 800 years old, I think at this point. Well, he says um, he's, he said, I think when he dies, he says he's 900. And then he said he trained a Jedi for 800 years, which makes a lot of sense because in Mandalorian, baby Yoda is like 50 years. We found out. <laughs> yeah. His, yeah. His species ages extremely slowly. And that's, that's one of the things that is really cool about Yoda is that it's never been um, explained what his species is. We, we only see like maybe like a, a handful of like members of his species um, that like there was um there was him, there's baby Yoda. And then there was another member of uh, Yoda's species on the Jedi Council. And I think her name was uh, Yaddle or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. there, there's a lot of weird Star Wars names. It's, like, no, there's one it's that's just literally it's, named, it's like, like a very, it seems kind of like a lazy version of Yoda, the name. I mean, it, it's literally female yeah. Yoda. It's Yoda with like braided hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And I think my favorite Star Wars name was I think is oh God. It's like Yarl Poof. 
it's like it's a jedi master he was a member on the jedi council he's he's the one in the prequels who has like the really long neck do you mean like the one the like eight the the camino one the people that that create the clones yeah he he kind of looks like a kaminoan but i mean he he's not but he he looks very similar to them yeah okay I'm like I don't I can't I don't remember I can't think of this character. He's a background character oh, that was okay. literally just there to just like look how diverse our council <laughs> is, even yeah. though yeah. even even though like three of three members of the council say anything. Come on, even the Republic Yoda. has diversity. Yeah, <laughs> I swear every time they they go to a council like member like meeting, like it's the same five people that talk, and it's Mace Windu, Yoda, Obi Wan. And occasionally, like, a random fourth person talking. <laughs> so, it, yeah. For for a council, it's, like, literally run by, like, five people. And there's, like, 12 seats. <laughs> so, uh, Leia and Leia kind of kisses Luke. And then we cut to the... This is our first hearing of Imperial March. And we're seeing the, the Imperial fleet. And they have found... They're pretty sure that the rebel base is on Hoth. And so uh, Darth Vader says, like, that's where they are. And I bet Luke Skywalker's with them. Is there... I can believe that he knows Luke's name, but how does he know his name? Is there anything in the expanded um, uni- extended universe on yeah, that? Yeah, in the expanded universe, um, like, after um, the, the battle of the Death Star, like, uh, Vader, like, senses, like, this guy is like really strong with the force. Like I need to figure out who this guy is. So he hired uh, Boba Fett to track down that pilot. And he like reports back to him, like later on um, before the, the events of this movie, he tracks him down telling him like, uh, his name's Luke Skywalker. And he lived on Tatooine for these amount of years. And basically tells him like, he, basically tells him the information that like vader needs to know that like oh shit this is my son i kept thinking wouldn't that be crazy if so first of all he doesn't know he doesn't know padme had twins right we didn't know that i mean we know that but we didn't like know that until she was giving birth Uh, right yeah no he he like finds out later on um and there's actually like i think this is still canon um even before the events of this movie um luke fights vader like they they have a lightsaber battle and i think this is also before vader knows truly who this person is it's like oh it's a rogue jedi i'm gonna kill him but like luke escapes even though he's like huh this guy's this guy's pretty skilled this guy's really strong with the force i haven't felt like uh someone this strong with the force in a long time didn't he feel that Uh, during when he blew up the death star seems that that seems um, kind of redundant that fight yeah i well that, that's why it's a random comic oh, that oh. no one's read oh <laughs> that's you said it because oh because you oh you were talking about the other thing because you said i think it's still canon so that's why i'm like it's still i think it's still canon it, it, they have like a, a various like comic spin-off series that are still attached to like the overall canon of uh star wars and i think that first like contact like lightsaber fight between luke and vader takes place before vader hired boba fett to track this guy down to figure out who he is he he knows that this person based off of like just general sensing them that this guy is the one who blew the death star because there's no one else that 
could have done could it. be this connected to the force yeah but i kept thinking at this part like wouldn't that have been so interesting if so we again we don't know that you know darth vader is anakin skywalker yet but no. on his end wouldn't that have been interesting if the first if like we see like in this scene someone's if we if we see a scene of him realizing the person that blew up the death star is luke skywalker and him realizing oh my god it's my son obviously you know facial expressions are out but like they're you know and <laughs> maybe the performance wouldn't be that much different but it would still be like him realizing this is my son like this is my this is my flesh and blood like he, well, I I feel like they they kind of had a scene like that because later on in the movie, when the emperor uh, Vader, yeah, yeah, when when Vader's um tracking down the Millennium Falcon, he has a hologram like message from the emperor, and they have a conversation, and they they talk about like, yeah, that this is this is Luke Skywalker. We need to make sure that he doesn't become a Jedi. He needs to either join us or die because he's the son of Anakin Skywalker. I've been thinking about that though, because that scene and he says that and I'm like, cause yeah, we're jumping ahead. But like at, at that scene, I'm like, don't we know this already? Darth Vader knows this already. So is it just that maybe the emperor just found out and then is telling Vader, but we already know we are. It was just like the same information twice. I feel like it's mainly there for the audience to just kind of like. Is it just like, the emperor's it, it, catching up? He now knows, I, yeah, and Darth Vader. Yeah, didn't tell I, I feel him? like it, I, yeah, I feel like it's more of just like a, a recap for the audience because it's been three years since they've last heard this kind of critical information. And do we hear the name? Is do we know? Do we hear the name Anakin Skywalker in A New Hope? I don't remember. I don't remember um we might have and i just i i'm totally blanking um i don't think we do i all i think i remember like we hear is that his father was a jedi yeah that 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 was pretty much it i don't think the name anakin ever really comes up or is said i could be completely wrong i really love the name choice i do love the name anakin but i gotta say like imagine like the, the them debating this like hmm steven or Joshua, like the, the, the back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, so yeah, they figure out they're the rebels are on Hoth and everyone's basically about to, they're kind of beginning evacuation. So Han, Oh, Han found the probe. They realize that the empire knows that they're there and they're essentially just, they all, they're trying to evacuate. And Luke is getting into a suit. He's going to, fly and he and Han have this kind of like they're not mushy but i love how he goes to say bye to chewie and chewie just grabs him and hugs him (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like why would your first of all look at him why would your first indication not to be to hug him he's like a giant bear i would i would love to hug chewbacca if i ever get to go to galaxy's edge that's like if i see chewie i'm just gonna (laughs) run at him like <laughs> that, that's that's basically what my mom did wait <laughs> she 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 absolutely loves chewbacca and uh mom if you're listening to this happy mother's day uh, <laughs> we're, that's we're, uh i know it's gonna be a few days late we're literally filming on mother's day but happy mother's day mom and everyone else every who's listening other mom. yeah <laughs> yeah every other mother uh um yeah yeah it, it's at this point um we we kind of see some of uh my my favorite moments of Vader when 
the Empire like shows up. One of the commanders shows up uh, a bit out of formation, and it completely alerts the entire rebel base that they're there. And Vader like chokes him out and kills him to like as a reprimand because he did this. One of the officers who's there gets basically a battlefield promotion because of that because the superior just died is that why you get um, promotions in the empire just somebody has to die or it's uh, not because well, of your good work no like like they still have like normal like military progression but if you work with vader like chances are you're gonna get a battlefield promotion in some way or another um because vader does not tolerate failure in any way shape or form he, he has led like multiple campaigns where he is like more or less sacrificed his own troops for the sake of completing the mission, like complete and utter like annihilation of his troops. And he will lead his troops too. So he's literally running into a meat grinder knowing that he'll survive and his troops won't. Um, but the, but the, the, the soldier that like gets the, the battle for promotion is uh captain need And he's seen throughout the rest of this movie. And, um, Return of the Jedi, uh, and the amount of like battlefield promotions. I think I counted it at one point. I think he gets like three or four battlefield promotions to the point where he becomes an admiral by the end of Return of the Jedi, and he started off as a captain in this one. Jeez, what is he, Jar Jar? Just like constantly I, getting yeah, basically. Oh, oh, that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, at least Needed is like he's a ver- fairly competent um, imperial <laughs> officer. Um, like we we never really see him like in the field doing anything necessarily noteworthy, but I mean he follows orders like to the letter from either the emperor or uh, Vader. He doesn't really seem to be taking any orders from anyone else. Anyway, so yeah, there's a everyone's evacuating, and basically Han is goes to Leia. I love this part because they're trying to evacuate. The uh, Empire is like attacking and. Leia is still just in the control room working and Han's try having to force her to get out. <laughs> like she's just, still, yeah. and I gotta say this. So Haley, you and I have talked about this. So I said this last time though, too, this is my favorite of Leia's outfits, <laughs> but be, but it's so practical. That's really why I love it. It's stylish, but it's super practical. Not only is she shielded from the cold, but she's ready to fight too her battle parka and, yeah like she's i mean i just I, I just love her hair and her like cute vest she's just super like i have this obsession with practical <laughs> clothing for women in movies because they're always given like like they're given like stiletto boots or or you know they're given something that's like you can't be comfortable in that the, the, they're kind of given like a more of a femme fatale kind of yeah. look yeah no I, I i can understand yeah no she, i i i admit like Leia's battle parka does look pretty good. Like, like I have no I have no way else to describe what she's wearing. It's like, yeah, that's a battle parka. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So Luke and is with the pilots, and a lot of people are on the ground. And here come the ATSTs, aka the robot camels. Which um, I know ATATs. ATSTs are the the chicken walkers, the the two legged ones. Oh. Okay. Come on, know your Star Wars, Sam. Oh, oh this is embarrassing. <laughs> I saw something that says something about ATATs, and I thought they just wrote ATSTs wrong. I'm like, oh, stupid! You, yeah. you spelled, you put the wrong letter. Yeah, no, there, there like are there are a couple ATSTs um, in the Battle of Hoth, but it's mostly I think three or four ATATs, which are basically stands for all terrain, 
uh, armored transport. But I'm thinking of like the the em- the empire. I'm like, like were they trying to design it like a weird like a weird slow animal, or were they trying to make it look like let's let's create a robot after the me- after the menacing camel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The camel, uh, nature's silent killer. Yeah, they, nature's killer. <laughs> so, so Luke is flying, is piloting, and Dak is shooting. Yeah, uh, I think his name's Dax. Dax? Oh, I thought you said Dak. I don't know. Anyway, it starts with a D. Yeah, yeah. And uh, an D- Dak or Dak, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're flying a snowspeeder, which has a rear uh, gunner harpoon, which needs to be operated by a second pilot. Um, and they have the genius idea of hog tying the ATATs to knock them down so that they can pin them down and take them down because their their armor is uh, too thick for their uh, any conventional weapons that they have on hand. And Han and I love that Han and Leia are trying to get to the Millennium Falcon, and C three PO is just like running after them. He can't or he can't run. He's like waddling because he can't bend his knees. Yeah, which and seems like a just, massive design flaw for for protocol droids. And on, well, because they're not really meant to be running, right? I know, but I mean, they're they're meant to be like servant droids. But if they need to like bend over or pick something up, they physically okay. can't do that. That seems like a but massive on, design flaw for the one job that they were meant to have. For Anthony Daniels, though, it looks super. I feel like the costume had to be fun to wear, but it also had to be super uncomfortable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's just um, it's just metal, and he can't bend or like. <laughs> yeah, he, he he has very like rigid joints because of that. Really? No, it it just looks like he he literally can only make like very um, limited uh, gestures or movements with his arms or legs, and even his head. Oh, in the costume, you mean? Yeah, it, yeah. In I his thought co- you meant in not, life. I'm, I'm like, no, wow. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, it in. Anthony Daniels in the three PO costume is just like very limited movement. I've I would imagine that'd be very uncomfortable. But during the scene leads to um, another um, deleted scene that I thought was kind of funny and I felt like should have been like fun to leave in because it adds a a bit of un a weird kind of character dynamic to three PO. Basically, the scene is is that they basically like trap some wampas. Uh, in a like late earlier on, like some rebels managed to trap a set of like wampas in like some like supply closet that they some wampas like dug a tunnel through. So they're just trapped in like this utility closet, and they have a sign up there that basically says like "Don't enter," like it, it's dangerous, don't go in there. And three PO, as they're being chased by like snowtroopers, removes the sign to make it look like because the stormtroopers were checking every room for survivors. And as the stormtroopers come across that door, a pair of like wampa arms grabs a stormtrooper and just drags him in. And the stormtrooper just closes the door, and the two remaining stormtroopers just like look at each other and just like, oh shit! And they just like walk away. So, so <laughs> they, they, uh, they just yeah. they just watch their friend get <laughs> mauled to death. It's like, uh, uh, well, called dibs on his stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So. Luke sees. He, I love. I don't know. He. I love the scene. I don't know why, but I just love when he when he sees the Falcon flying out, and then every the plan is to meet at the rendezvous point. But no, he is going to go to the Dagobah system. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, boy. Uh, Han and Leia are fleeing from the Empire, and they go into an asteroid field, 
which it seems like C-3PO gives a lot of bad news in this, in the first like act of the movie. Like the chances of surviving like overnight outside in Hoth, they're 725 to one or the chances of going through an asteroid field or like, I don't know. It was also two one. It was also really bad. Yeah. Like Han, Chewie, like Leia, like that whole like gang, they can't catch a break. They're constantly being tailed by the empire from the very beginning of this movie all the way to the end. And it's like, they, these guys cannot catch a break for the life of them. <laughs> Well, then they catch a break, and then they find out that they're in a monster's mouth. Yeah. Huh. Been there. Portrayed by Meg in the Family Guy Star Wars parodies. Which is, I feel like is like 90% of your knowledge of this movie comes from that parody. I mean, a lot of it. Not all of it, but a I, lot I, of it does. Like, way more than, than, than should be. <laughs> so, they arrive in the day. So, I, I was... Is there any explanation in the in the universe that why Yoda picked the Dagobah system. Um, cause it seems to yeah. be, there's a lot, there's an area that's specifically, Oh yeah. There's a lot of the dark there, force over there. And also it's filled with snakes. They're just everywhere. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a swampy marshland is the entire yeah. planet. Um, yeah, no, the, the reason why Yoda picks the, uh, Dagobah to basically be like his, like, like refuge uh where he spends like the rest of like his like basically his like years of exile uh alone um the reason why he picks that is because dagobah is like unusually strong with the force there, there are several planets in the star wars universe that are really strong with the force uh, dagobah is one of them korban is another one um uh dathomir is another one but the those last two are really strong with the dark side of the force and uh, Dagobah is a lot more neutral. It, it can kind of show both sides depending on who is looking. And since Yoda is like so in tune with the light side of the Force, it, it's a really good uh, hiding place for him because if someone's very like adept with tracking someone who's uses the Force and they oh. go there, it, you, you, you can't track anyone there because the entire planet is full of the Force. Smart. Okay, I assume there was it was some reason like that, and yeah, so they yeah, there 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 are other reasons why he chose Dagobah, but I mean that kind of goes into more spoiler territory for um, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Um, so if you haven't seen that, definitely give that a watch. So they crash land, and R two falls in the water, and when he gets them out later, he's just covered in mud, and I'm like, God, I just. If I had a paper towel and like some like Windex, I just wanted to clean him so badly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, once he later, it started raining and I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I felt so bad for her too. He he just gets dragged under by like this, like sea eel and then just gets launched out of there. It's like, no, or (laughs) two, my precious baby boy, leave him alone. So he unpacks and he feels like he's being watched and there's some like weird puppet that's watching him. And he is just like searching through all the stuff and he, op- he tries to take some of his food and I just love how R2 interjects and tries to grab onto it. And like, <laughs> it's like a game of tug war and yeah, they're hanging out in the design for Yoda's house is like, it's kind of, it's, 
it's interesting because it's like a it's it's is it within a tree or something yeah it's like built like around a tree for the most part it's just kind of like this like isolated kind of like alcove that he just kind of like built around of and yeah he's basically yeah it's like you said he's just testing to see what's what is luke's patience when he basically has none and then he reveals to be Yoda and we hear him talking with Obi-Wan saying like, I can't teach him. He has no patience. And he's also way too old to be, to begin training and ultimately agrees like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll train you. And so later when, when we're seeing him like in the midst of training, what is his, what level do you think he's at? Because I'm assuming in the beginning, he, in the, in the first film, he has kind of the, He's at the same level as maybe like a youngling. Yeah, in the beginning of the movie, he he is like definitely kind of like Padawan level. But I mean, after training with Yoda for a while, he he is kind of like moved up to like just kind of below Jedi Knight. He's still technically a Padawan at this point. He he doesn't really hit Jedi Knight until Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, like Yoda, like straight up says, like your your training is done. There's not much I can teach you, um, but that that still doesn't make him a master, even though he he doesn't have a teacher anymore. So yeah, he he would probably be like I guess like a low level knight or a high level apprentice by the time he 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 leaves uh, Dagobah. Because he's just what he thinks he was doing. I'm just like, I mean, again, he has no. He's had this is his his fight with Darth Vader is his first real attempt, like. Yeah. with his lightsaber worst field uh fight with his lightsaber and he just because i was i was like debating i was wondering i'm like what level do you think he'd be at because it's kind of like he is i guess had to be padawan level but it, honestly it seems kind of like he skipped that because he didn't have the proper the normal training that a jedi yeah. would have had but well, um, i mean yeah. this i mean in canon like this would have been like the second time they they have fought each other face to face because of the, the comic i had mentioned earlier um and Luke just got his ass kicked during that fight. <laughs> um, he he stood zero chance, and it just kind of got to a point where like Vader was just kind of toying with him to just kind of gauge whether or not he was a challenge. Because th- that that was a thing that Vader did. He on a couple occasions he pitted Jedi's against each other, had them fight each other to the death, and that he would fight the winner. And what? just destroy them because he wanted a challenge. He he wanted someone to uh, push him to like the next stage of where he would kind of be pushed to his limit. And after killing Jedi for twenty years by this point, he has found no challenge. That seems like so much work <laughs> just to fill that need. Yeah. No. He. Th- th- yeah. Vader was very sadistic. <laughs> Han and everyone, they're, the Millennium Falcon's hiding out on an asteroid in some kind of cave. And they're fixing, they're putting yeah. back together. Yeah, the, the, ship. the Millennium Falcon is just. The ship is. The, the hyperdrive in, isn't working, which is why they're having such a hard time escaping from the Empire. And C3PO, he's like, so he's like, what, plugged into the ship and basically saying, it says that we need to replace this and do this. And I love how Han's just like, uh, yeah, I know. And then he says, "Chewy, yeah, re- re- yeah." It's like replaces. check the hyperdrive for leaks. <laughs> and I actually, I didn't say this before. When they're leaving, when they're coming 
when they're escaping from Hoth and they're on the ship and they're struggling to start it up. <laughs> and Leia's like, what do you want me to get out and push? And he's like, what, do you think it'll help? And he's like, yeah, might. It's like they're like little kids sometimes with their bickering. And I, so I, pre- I appreciate that Leia is helping out. Like she's also working. Because I feel like if it was me, I'd be like, I want to help. I just don't know how to help. I don't know what to do. Yeah. She seems to know her way around. I mean, when the Minox are attacking their ship and he's like, I'm going to go check it out. And she's like, okay, I'll go with you. I was like, wow, I don't know if I would. So <laughs> she yeah, is bad. She, she, she definitely like <laughs> isn't like uh, your stereotypical princess. She She's not a damsel in distress. Like she, she is a badass. She, she goes out of her way to shoot stormtroopers, kicks ass and takes names throughout this entire franchise. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. This is when Han and Leia kiss, and the build up to it is it's adorable and hilarious because he's still just kind of being Han and and being like a little cheeky. And <laughs> finally, it's kind of weird though. He like grabs her head. He she says that he's a scoundrel, and he's just like, I like that name. Like very like oh okay. Like that's because he keeps calling her. Your worship. Your yeah, your worshipfulness. Oh, and th- th- this is after on Hoth she calls him a scruffy-looking nerf herder. <laughs> is nerf herder like a bad insult? Uh I I've never really heard it um until this point in the like this is really the only time, but like based on the context, I I would imagine yeah that is an insult <laughs> of like a, a very like severe like derogatory insult. And okay, <laughs> that's what I thought. Uh, I wasn't really sure, but anyway. Yeah, um, I, 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 yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> but they they kiss, and then C three PO interrupts them, like I I got this thing to work, and he and Han's just like, cool, thanks, and it just it makes things awkward. Obviously, um, I think this is yeah, this is when, and then next, this is when we have Darth Vader talks with the Emperor. And like I said yeah, before, it, it was it's yeah, just the, a recap. It, it, it's I guess. just pretty much just like talking about how we need to convince Luke to join us. He he is strong with the Force, and he is the son of Anakin Skywalker. And I think that's mainly there to just recap the audience that was like, oh, so this is who his father is, and how uh, Vader reacts to that is like, is this possible? Is it truly? the son of Anakin Skywalker and it's like search your feelings. You know, it to be true. Yeah. And then, and, and then this is later like reflected in, in the, I am your father. Yeah. Of like search your feelings. You know, it to be true. That's what I was going to say. I didn't think about that because that right there is, it's like, that's like just the emperor speaking through him. And there is this really great, I, I've been, I know I've texted both of you guys saying to watch the docuseries on the Mandalorian because yeah. the first episode is literally just, I won't spoil anything, but the first episode is really just the directors each talking about the episode they directed. And it's... Yeah. And, and so far, that's the only episode I've seen, unfortunately. So there's only two episodes right now. Uh, third should be coming out this week. But Dave Filoni, who, you know, who was who worked for The Clone Wars, he does this yeah, really... absolutely love that guy. He, first of all, he talks about how he almost... He almost lost that job because he thought it was a prank call. 
he didn't believe that they were yeah, actually offering I, him a job or offering him a I, I absolutely loved Dave Filoni. But then he, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that story was hilarious. But then I won't, I won't give anything away. But he does this dissection about Anakin and Luke, and they. I will say what I like is that they look at Star Wars as a whole. They look at the prequels and the original as opposed to just one or the other. And he, I, I won't, again, I won't spoil it. But he basically talks about. One this one scene that happens early on, and how this scene I never really viewed it the way he did, and I realize now I with my jaw dropped honestly. I was like, oh my god, because it really ties in the whole arc of Anakin, Darth Vader, and Luke. Up yeah, until no, the end. D- Dave Filoni. He he was pretty much like the the creative lead for. Star Wars: The Clone Wars, which which ties together, like the the prequel trilogy, yeah. Um, and he he does it in a way that he he is so knowledgeable of like the overall uh, lore and expanding universe of Star Wars that he created his own contributions to the Star Wars canon, which are now official canon. Like he's he's added whole new factions, weapons, planets, uh, characters that are beloved by the fandom now. He, he's brought back fan favorites. Um, he, he's even brought stuff from the Old Republic, an era that has been completely erased by Disney and is no longer a part of canon anymore. And he's brought back a bunch of stuff from that. And the inclusions that he's added to Star Wars have made it a lot more entertaining to uh, follow along with it and he, he's just added so much to it that he's almost kind of like become like the apprentice to George uh, Lucas because the yeah because the amount of like one-on-one time that they've had together because he needs approval from Lucas and I think well now I think he needs approval from like Disney and Kathleen Kennedy to approve specific things but for for a while he had to get direct approval from George Lucas and Lucas Arts to add all these things and it, it, it's just such a, a fun dynamic that they have um that i i feel like star wars is in a good is in good hands oh, yeah. when uh, dave filoni is attached to it because the the work that he has done from like clone wars to like the the stuff that he's helped on in rebels and now mandalorian like those are all really good i mean yeah he, he he knows what he's doing, and he is like one of the few people that I am comfortable with leaving Star Wars with. So Luke is training with Yoda, and there's a scene, basically Yoda explains to him, he's asking about the dark side. And Yoda explains to him, like, it's no, it's not more powerful, but it's just, it's easier to use. It's, you know, it's quicker, it's more seductive. And I, I was always thinking, so... Kevin, you had once said that there are dark Jedi. There's Jedi's that yeah. are, they are Jedi, but they do bad things. Are there any good, can't there be mm-hmm. good Sith? Because if it's so much easier to use the dark side, why not just use the dark side, but do it for good? Uh, I mean, there there are a few examples of Sith who kind of act in a selfish way, but also are kind of conduct themselves like a kind of like a chaotic good Mm -hmm. i i feel like would be be a good way of putting it um one uh clear example and 
I mean, this is kind of going straight into spoiler talk for Clone Wars for you, Sam, no, since wait, you are, I, you, you're, you're not into this, so I'm, I'm not going to get into that now. Good. But um, there, there are a few instances where chaotic good Sith, like that's that's not really a thing that is necessarily common. Dark Jedi, I feel like, are definitely more common. It's pretty much just like Jedi who are kind of slowly converting into like a full-blown Sith. Because Sith, they, you can only really be a Sith if you are the master or the apprentice of that master. Everyone else is kind of considered a Dark Jedi. And during the time of the Empire, the master and the apprentice uh, combination was the Emperor and Vader. Because for the Sith, they, there's the, the rule of two. And the rule of two is there, there can only be a master and apprentice at any given point. If there are more than this, then there will be chaos and both uh, parties would be fighting for control. And that ultimately led to the destruction of the Sith Empire during the Old Republic. So Dark Jedi, or during the Empire, they, they kind of employed Jedi who betrayed the Order in order to stay alive and used them as Jedi hunters and kind of employed them as like Sith assassins called Inquisitors. Um, and and they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're really menacing. They're, they're all given red lightsabers and a lot of them are given uh, double-sided lightsabers like Darth Maul, but they're given like this, like a gyroscope inside of it that allows it to spin where they can hold the handle completely straight and just kind of have like a, like a helicopter propeller kind of effect to it. So yeah, that that's, really menacing but yeah dark jedi are are fairly common especially in the empire but like good sith there there's only been a handful of sith so the the examples of that are are very very short and i can only really think of one person doing it like maybe a couple times okay and i won't i won't say who because that is a huge spoiler for you (laughs) so uh oh boy okay so luke basically decides to so Yoda says, like, there's this, that, that, there's this forest, there's this, like, spot that's really filled with the dark side. Luke goes in, he sees Darth Vader and fights him, and then he basically decapitates Vader, and then it turns out yeah. it's Luke's face, it's Luke's head, which, I mean, I guess that's, you know, is that symbolizing his fear that he's gonna go down that path? Yeah, it, it's pretty much just kind of like a force vision of. Like, hey, if you relate solely on your strength of arms and weapons, then there there may be a chance that you could turn to the dark side, and this is what your fate would be. You would, yeah, it, it's pretty much just a symbolization of don't don't go, go the to the side. dark side, yeah. otherwise you'll end up like Vader, a monster. So is this when so the. Basically, uh, cutting back to Leia and Han, they had to get out of the asteroid because they realized that they were inside, like, the mouth of a giant, I don't know, asteroid space worm. And, and yeah. they, the, and of course, the Empire is just right there. And shocker, the light speed, they have no light speed. It still doesn't work. So then they, it's kind of brilliant. They hide yeah. out, like, on top of the ship where no one can see them. They charge one of the star destroyers that's pursuing them and then they 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 charge the bridge and like right as they get out of view they land directly behind it and it is like 
stuck in their blind spot and they are completely lose the track of the Lunning Falcon. And I think this is when Vader kills another one of the commanding officers, which gives Nita another battlefield promotion. So I, oh, I think oh, I suppose we skipped uh, a little bit, a little while before. One of his officers comes over to him and sees the helmet being placed on top of Darth Vader. Which, first of all, yeah, I, I, th- I think I, I think that which, was uh, Captain. First Nita. of all, so he doesn't. I guess he doesn't. I mean, that's what I thought was weird. Was it? Was he asleep before? Is and does he not wear that when he sleeps? He has to wear something to keep him breathing. I think he was uh, meditating at that. Oh, point. okay. Yeah, and it's the first indication we see, like his, we see his like bald, burnt out head. And first of all, I thought you had amazing hair, like shame. <laughs> but also, this is like the first indicator we see of. Darth, because we know Darth Vader is a man. We know he is a yeah. human being. But this is like the first time we're seeing like his skin, which doesn't sound like that. I know it's a cre- it's supposed to be a kind of a creepy like ew or something's not right with him. We don't know that he was like basically burned yeah. up. But it's like the first indicator. It's the first like real like oh yeah he's like a human. Yeah, a I, I mean the, like uh, when in the first one Obi Wan just says like oh Vader he is more machine now than man. But I mean. It, it is kind of cool seeing the man behind the mask or even for like the back of his head for a, for a brief moment. It's like, oh, man, that's that's gnarly. He, but he keeps saying, I want that ship. I want that ship. Like, keep following them. I know. And I know we know later he only wants he wants them because he wants to use Han and Leia and Chewie to draw out. Yeah, Luke. he's using them as bait because he knows that they're he, he's connected to them on a, in an emotional level. But I just think it's funny because he's saying I want that ship, because it, it comes. It sounds more like he wants the ship more than well. I mean, them, I mean, which th- I know they're a package the deal. <laughs> it makes more sense than list. I know it makes more sense than him listing off all their names. But like, uh, so they're hiding out on the ship, and they decide to go to uh, the Cloud City or La- like Lando's planet. What is what is Lando like? What is his um, title there? He's like. He, well, he he's on Bespin. He's he's on like a mining platform. They mine um gas, which is used as fuel. So I guess he's like the foreman of the of that uh that mining operation or like the chairman. He he's basically like in charge of like Cloud City that which, which is just like a mining colony for the most part. So I, I so I guess yeah, he's just okay. like a foreman or something. He he's someone in charge of all the day to day operations there. And uh, so they decide to head to, they decide to go see Lando. And Luke is, he's struggling kind of with his training. And then we see his plane, his ship sink down to the swamp. And Yoda says, well, just lift it up. And he's like, oh, no, I can't. can't. It's not the same as lifting. I love this part because he says, like, uh, lifting up rocks is one thing this is totally different and yoda's like no no different just like i i this one reason why i love yoda is because he's so like i said before he's very clear cut Mm -hmm. and straightforward he's so he's very old he's seen everything he doesn't have time to beat around the bush yeah yeah exactly and he uh luke attempts to lift lifts up the ship he can't do it it's too heavy Yoda does, and then, and then that's. I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta be somewhat of a, a jab when 
Luke said, like, I can't believe it. And Yoda says, that's why you fail. It's like, ooh, <laughs> accurate, but. Burn! <laughs> so um, they they reach the Cloud City, and Han is not welcome there, uh, at least right away. I mean, no, no, Han, Han's pretty welcome there. Like, when, when he first shows up, like, uh, like, Lando kind of like busts his chops like, oh, you, you got some nerve to show up here in my ship, you pirate. And then he's just like, oh, how you doing, buddy? And like, he, he he's just kind of like joking yeah. around with him. It's Leia who is like really like apprehensive there, especially since 3PO wandered off. And I mean, we as the audience see that he gets shot and is like obliterated. Um, he, he, he gets blown up. Um, but uh, yeah, it's Leia who is the one who's like, really is like i don't trust lando uh i don't want to be here any longer than i need to be and hansa like yeah i don't trust him either i mean he's my friend after all (laughs) (laughs) so they arrive and c-3po gets he wanders in somewhere else accidentally then gets like yeah he 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 gets shot (laughs) goes on the hunt for him and leia she has a change of clothes and i'm guessing that they supplied that but later, she's back in her snowsuit, and I'm like, "When? Wh- when did you change? Did they make you change? Because that's when the the Empire shows up." I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure they like threw I, her like back in a room, and it's just like, "Yeah, she she probably just changed there because they did. They just threw her back in her room." And they decide to go. Uh, Lando invites them to dinner, and Darth Vader and Boba Fett are there, and they go in, and I'm like. What I I just kept thinking that the that was it robot oh, yeah. chicken the joke of like what that dinner was yeah, like. No, that, that's probably one of my favorite robot chicken sketches. It's just all the all the stormtroopers are waiters that are just filling them up. They're up with water, and Vader has a a bendy straw so he can drink it through like the grill and on his mask. And Boba Fett and Han Solo are just flipping each other off. So you said this in our last episode. He is. Has all the has all of the bounty hunters yeah. on his ship, and he says to them like he wants Han, and he says to he says to Boba Fett, "No disintegration." And I'm like, "Oh yeah," because you said like it's implying that he's the one that burnt up Uncle yeah, Owen and Aunt Beru. I mean, it, at that point in Star Wars, we've never seen anyone be disintegrated before. I mean, we see that in the Mandalorian because um, Mando like just disintegrates a bunch of Jawas. Um, yeah, classic. classic. Um, but at that point, we we know that uh, Boba Fett, who is like the only bounty hunter on uh, Vader's ship that was on Tatooine at the time, and is regularly being employed by the M- Empire, so it would make sense that he was the one who helped carry out that job. But yeah, it, it is also cool because we do get to see kind of like a wide variety of different bounty hunters. Like we get to see uh, Boba Fett. Uh, classic Boba. Uh, we get to see a couple like uh, droids, kind of like pre-battle battle droids, and uh, a couple crazy-looking aliens. And uh, they, but I just like they they walk in, and then it, so Han they decide they're torturing him. Yeah, they're they're, they're tor- why even bother? He even says they never even asked me any yeah, questions. Yeah, they're, they're they're torturing him because they know that Luke will be able to sense their distress and will come to their help. 
Oh that, my, that, okay. That's, because that, that, that's I, the whole I reason why they're, they were even like being pursued in the first place by the Empire. I know, yeah, but like, I was just thinking, I'm like, why even bother torturing him? Because Luke does have a, he is in training and then he has like a vision. He sees his friends in pain and Obi-Wan is saying, no, you're not ready yet. And this is when we get the line of, he was our last hope. Yeah. No, there is another. And you're like, yeah. oh, implying that, there's yeah, more there, than there's, there's the another eye. Skywalker. It's like, oh, who, who is it? Yeah. Oh, where? Who? Please tell me. <laughs> we must know. <laughs> so, yeah, Luke's on his way. And this is when Lando, he's like, for, for, he, I mean, he says he doesn't know what he, he didn't know. Like, yeah, they just appeared. They showed up. He couldn't really stop them and whatnot. But he had to have known this wasn't going to go he, well. He said that he had a line of dialogue saying like, oh, yeah, like I had made a deal with them that they will leave the station alone and they would take just Han and, and leave. No, like the, the original plan, according to, to Lando, was that he, he wasn't going to keep you uh, guys. He was going to allow Han, Luke, Chewie, and Leia to, or not Luke, um, Han, Chewie, Leia, and 3PO to stay there on, on Cloud City. And they would stay there for pretty much the, the rest of their their time. And the Empire would leave and they would only take Luke. And then later on, Vader completely changed that plan of, oh yeah, we're giving Han to the bounty hunter, Leia and the Wookiee are coming with me, and I'm probably going to leave a detachment of stormtroopers here. And then Lando reveals the classic line of, the steel's getting worse all the time. Yeah, so he ends up basically admitting, yeah, they only want Luke and whatnot. And Luke arrives and... This is, and this is not, this, and Leia's like screaming at him, don't, it's a trap, it's a trap. And I just find that funny because that's not even the famous, <laughs> it's a trap. No, there, comes- there's so many traps in Star Wars of people just yeah. yelling, it's a trap. And it's, it's Admiral Akbar's when he says it, it's the, it's the meme. And Luke, you know, we then get into what we've all been waiting for is the fight with him and, and Darth Vader. And this how do you, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of the choreography of this fight scene versus the last one? Definitely improved since uh, the one with Al Guinness Obi Wan on the Death Star, which was literally just kind of like a very slow paced, choreographed, just like staging sword fight. I, I felt like that was just like them practicing their sword fight of like these are the steps we're gonna do, and then later we're gonna do it really fast. Um, whereas this one is just like. They're, they're using the environment, they're, they're changing scenes, they're, we're seeing weathering and damaging on, on both participants, mainly Luke. It, it's a very drawn-out fight, and they're both kind of treating this like a like a game of chess of, I can't show him all I can do right off the bat, otherwise he's going to be able to block it if I try to do it later on. And vader is that, that, that's pretty much what like luke's kind of like going in thinking and vader's just kind of treating this as like a cat mm-hmm. mouse game because later on it gets to a point where he doesn't even fight luke and he just throws a bunch of shit at him for like a good three minutes <laughs> i realized i'm i'm an idiot and i realized i skipped i forgot i i know this i didn't forget the scene i just realized that it, it just happened when han solo goes through the carbon freezing thing yeah, and um, this is when we get the probably the the most famous line from Han and Leia when 
he kisses her and, and I love you. I know. I've seen so many, like, it's all over, like, Pinterest and Etsy of, like, of cups and, and guest towels and, uh, oh, yeah, you know, that, that, any- yeah, there, there, I saw, like, a bunch of, like, t-shirts and, like, hats and backpats, uh, at, um, in Disneyland of just, I love you, I know, and it's just, like, the his and her kind of, uh, uh, fashion. Yeah. Haley, what are you, you're, you love Han Solo so much. Does this break your heart? This him being Carmen being yeah, frozen. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like with the whole theme of I'm gonna go a little deep here. Go for like it. The royalty using the poor for their own gains. It's like okay, Han is disposed of for Luke and Leia's success for a moment, for a moment. But still, that's what my issues with it. And as much as I love Leia, like I don't know. That's my. I mean, I don't think it. she realizes that. It's more just uh, well, he uh, has a bounty on his head, yeah, and, jo- and yeah. Boba Fett's like money. But Haley, how do you feel of this? Was kind of like Harrison Ford's idea of this is how he wants his character to die, and he didn't want to come back for uh, Return of the Jedi. He he wanted this to be like the end of Han Solo's story. Yeah, I'm super happy that they didn't go with that because I feel like they owe Han Solo a lot more than that. I mean you see a lot of character development from a new hope into empire strikes back and all throughout empire strikes back is, and then also just like the dynamic between him and Luke is really interesting. And then his relationship with Leia is really interesting. He becomes like a, a core character, like a core member, a core crew member. And I mean, don't think that would bring Han Solo justice. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Which kind of makes it kind of even more sad that his character was kind of like, I felt like his story could have kept going on in the sequel trilogy and he him just dying. Was um, that on him yeah. though? Was that on him? Rather abruptly. Um, yeah. Because he's been saying, we know we, we always debate, we, uh, I we mean, kind of are unsure exactly what, why he, he, he said though, he felt that, it was right for the character and he wanted to, he just, you know, and I can, I can respect that. I just think I disagree. I don't think it was right for the character and I don't think it would have done any, it would have just been yeah. as messed up as it was. I, I, yeah. It made more sense later than it did. It would have in the original trilogy. Yeah, no, it, it, it did make more sense, but it was just the fact that like Harrison Ford kind of like carried out the, he he hated the he, he seemed to like kind of like carry around that like he hated this role yeah and that he he was worried that like this was the only thing he was going to be remembered for and there are plenty of movies that I remember him more for than Star Wars like uh, Indiana Jones Blade Runner uh, 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 Air Force One as the president he's the president in that movie and. Yeah, he was the president. He he went up against um, Gary Oldman, and Gary Oldman was a Russian terrorist. Ah. <laughs> and we get the classic line of, get off my oh, plane. Oh, okay. Punches him. <laughs> okay. That's a good movie. It was, it was definitely part of, like, the 90s political thriller action kind of thing. It, it was, like, it was basically Die Hard on a plane. Oh, do I? Okay. that's literally what it is it's die hard on a plane so um yeah i think i think it it made sense it made more sense for the character for they're suddenly down a man but no i don't think it would have been appropriate for him to die 
At least then, especially then. At the time of the movie, like they, they definitely specified as like, oh yeah, he survived carbon freezing. Like they, they confirmed that in the movie because they were going to do the same process to Luke so they could transfer him to the Emperor uh, without too much. But uh, there was also a uh, like there was there was a line of dialogue. It was supposed to be uh, of him saying, "I know Leia and don't and wait for me." I'll, it was like it's something like saying, "I'll be yeah. back," which. I like that they didn't because it was a little too wordy. Uh, like it was like I know is better and more simple, especially because the whole movie, he's she's kind of she doesn't want to just fully admit that she likes him. And then uh, after they kiss, she does kiss him on the cheek and he kisses her on the forehead at one point. And I kind of love when they see Darth Vader and Boba Fett and Han shooting at him. You can see he's holding Leia's hand and. I, just, I always thought that was super cute. And she finally, just when she's really worried that she might lose him, that's when she's able to admit, like, I love you. And it's so, it's sad, but it's also like, good for you. Sharing your emotions, yeah. Leia. That's um, nice. But yeah, now, and uh, so yeah, jumping back to the um, the fight with uh, Luke and Vader, I, I really feel like this was such a good climactic moment of the film because... At this point in the movies, we, we had never really seen these two like, directly interact with each other, at, at least on like this kind of like a, a person like hand to hand to hand level, um, which, which kind of makes seeing Luke being pushed to such an absolute low during this fight. Like he's just getting boxes and crates thrown out of him. He's he's getting knocked down flights of stairs. He's getting thrown out of a window, and he gets his hand cut off and loses his lightsaber in the process he's we've never seen him go to this such a such a low point before and it's really kind of unique to see moments like this in in adventure series where you you see like the the heroes take such a huge loss because at the end of this movie they lose luke loses his hand his lightsaber like a huge and like a valuable weapon um Han gets kidnapped. But he gets a new one I, right I, away. I, I, mean, I feel like that's not... I mean, he not... gets a new one, but I mean, like, yeah. for the most... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. For the most part, like... For the moment, Yeah, yes. for, like, the most part, like, this movie can be, like, the Empire wins. Like, they, they gained no ground or, like, any decisive victories for, for the Rebellion. Like, they got pushed off of, like, their main hideout after being discovered. Han gets kidnapped. They all get tortured. He loses a hand. Like, they, they don't really gain anything tangibly valuable for the rebellion or anything that could help them win like a victory against the empire which i feel like is super useful super like creative for this movie and i absolutely think that's one of the reasons why this movie is credited as like the best of the star wars movies what i really love about the scene is yeah luke is just like vader has him backed into a corner and He's like, he looks so terrified. He's beaten up. He's shaking. And then, yeah, he loses his hand. He starts crawling, like climbing, trying to get away from Darth Vader. And then this is when Darth Vader reveals the biggest spoiler in cinematic history. Like, no, I am your father. And I realize I love that. So him screaming, no, that's impossible. And the more that I think about, the more I'm realizing because he already realizes he has this fear of turning to the dark side. And then to find out that 
that's exactly what happened to his father. That's exactly the path Anakin took. There is that for, it's not as just, it's not even just the realization of, oh my God, you're my dad. It's the realization that he is, will I turn to the dark side? It's it's definitely, I am capable of it because if if my dad could do it, I could do it. It's more, that's when the conflict, that's when that internal conflict really overwhelms him. And he falls, he, and then is outside of it and he's hanging upside down, one hand, no lightsaber. And then Leia, Leia, and then she turns around. Yeah, th- th- this is like the first instance where we see Leia is somewhat like adept to the Force. Like she she hears his like Force projection of like crying out for help, and she like she's like, wait, Luke needs our help, and she knows exactly where he is, and that kind of leads into like, oh yeah, this is like her first example of like her knowing how to use the Force. Going back really quickly to. Um... Luke and his internal conflict regarding the dark side. That is my biggest problem with his relationship with Kylo is as somebody that has gone through it themselves and has fought so hard to fight against, like, I don't know. We call it genetic. It's not genetic, but yeah, right, right. That is my biggest problem with Kylo. You think that he would be more sympathetic towards Kylo and more like, if Kylo is displaying Sith-like mannerisms, like trying to explain, like, I don't know, just be an uncle and say, hey, no, this isn't our path, like as a family, like don't go down this and here's how I can help instead of just trying to kill him in his sleep. And I think yeah. that, I know now we're talking about not episode five, but that's what, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, what no, no, like that, that, that's, that, that's going to open up a whole can of worms for me. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to be here for like another hour if we go Once into that. Once we get to that movie, Haley, I'll bring you back and... Oh, God. We'll, we'll yeah, rant. no, we, yeah. I, I have <laughs> several notes about, uh, about just that scene specifically. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, um, I completely agree yeah. with you that for, for Luke to have gone through like... What he did. Like the exact same thing that Kylo did, um, it, it makes no sense that he doesn't um, like, be sympathetic towards Kylo because, like, hey, I know, buddy, I know what you're going through. It's a thing that all Jedi go through. <laughs> yeah. Here, let me walk yeah. you through it. <laughs> Have like a full house moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. Seriously, sit him down. Up. Yeah. But yeah, so Leia. This is yeah the first indicator that Leia either has the Force, but also would he have been able to call her even if she didn't have the Force? I mean, yeah, he he probably could have, but I mean, it, it was the fact that. Um, Leia was able to hear him so clearly and like knew exactly where he was showed that she had some control over the force as well as well as Luke and Luke at this point he, he doesn't know a lot of like the, the cool like tips and tricks that a lot of uh, Jedi yeah. do so like force projection is a fairly like advanced like like force like ability so and I'm, I'm pretty sure Yoda didn't teach him that. So for for him to be able to do that and for her to be able to hear him shows that she would have to have some kind of knowledge as well, or at least some like genetic skill. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they they find Luke and he's I mean he's so beaten and like just 
you know, I mean, they probably don't even realize, like, not even just the fight, but the emotional roller coaster he just went through. And then Darth Vader is like calls him through the Force, and I thought always and he just immediately says "father" as opposed to Vader. Yeah. Which, yes, he is his father, but I, I don't know. I always just thought that was an interesting. Like, he might not have been the person that raised him, but he is his father, yeah. and he does address him that way. And uh, I guess it's really quick. So. They were supposed to be, uh, Lando's staff was supposed to be fixing up the Millennium Falcon, and they still aren't, don't have light speed. And he's like, <laughs> it's not my fault! And Han was saying the same thing earlier, and that time it wasn't his fault, but this time I love how Chewie's just like, oh, screw this, and like, pushing him yeah. around, like, you but know, it, it is your But fault. I mean, it is later realized that they, they did indeed fix the hyperdrive, yes. and the Empire just disabled it, and thankfully r2 is there and he repairs it like almost automatically <laughs> which leads to them escaping vader's pissed and leads to like this really kind of somber ending of them all kind of hanging out with like the rebel fleet in the medical bay of luke getting his hand back and lando and chewie in the millennium falcon tracking down boba fett so they can find uh han which leads to a confusing scene of Lando wearing Han's clothes. Um, I, I, They're way cooler. Yeah, it, it, it's just like, why are you wearing his clothes? Like, <laughs> did you did you not have enough capes? Did you run out of capes? <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought I would have try try vests for a while. I ditched the capes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, you're right. They so essentially, yeah, they did lose. They they lost. They haven't, but they have also gained knowing that. Darth Vader is Luke's father is it's terrifying but it's a piece of information that for Luke at least he because he realizes ultimately in Return of the Jedi as much as he wants me to turn to the dark side he believes he can turn him to the light side yeah so it's more just it more just turns the tables and no it's not quite like them defeating the Death Star they they did in a sense lose but they have also come a long way and have gained something that can help them yeah no i i I can totally understand that yeah and that's the end of episode v (laughs) aka five episode (laughs) v (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah and i i again like like we did last week i can't really imagine why we'd have to recommend this movie because i think most people would already have seen it if you haven't seen this by now then I'm, I'm sure listening to us Why? isn't going to change your opinion at any point. You've, you've clearly made your opinion at this point to not watch it. So tune in next week where we will finish up the Ridge Tridge with Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Tracy. I'm Samantha Tomlinson. And thank you so much, Haley, for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, you guys. A lot of fun. Yeah. Well, uh, see you guys next time. And uh, for those of you still watching, happy Mother's Day. 